Hey everyone, it's a new week and a new episode of Find Your Film. This is Find Your Film episode 140. Before we started, me and Eric Holmes and Something in the Perk, aka Bruce Perky, we were talking some business on Find Your Film. We were yelling at each other. I said that I wanted a majority stake of the millions and millions of dollars that we're making on Find Your Film. And Bruce and Eric, they threw me threw a loss, lawsuit at me. They say they, they're a majority stakeholder in the Find Your Film slash cinematics enterprise. Screw me and Anderson. Bruce, what do you have to say about this, about taking you and Eric taking off with all the money from our uh, value podcast. Are, are you on board with that? No, 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 no. That's a terrible idea. Do not look under my desk. There is no, there's no extra money Wait. under there or anything. No. Me and Anderson, we're looking for some cash. Eric Holmes, you've muted your mic. Are you, are you scared of the, the truth? Is Are you and Bruce hiding money from me and Anderson <laughs> in our cinematics and find your film podcast? Is no, there money I, to be? Yeah. No, I actually just muted my mic because I burped. <laughs> you burped. Oh you, oh, you know why you were burping? You know why you were burping? You were drinking all that multi-million dollar bottles of Riesling and, and beautiful, I was going to say tube steak. I, some, some great, <laughs> that's a double entendre. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> some filet mignon on on my on our dimes. Are we making millions of dollars and you're taking the money from us, you and Bruce? What's going on? I'm scared. Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure you guys are putting in the work. You guys deserve it. You know why you guys deserve it? Listeners, why does Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes deserve all that money away from me and Anderson from Find Your Film and Cinematics episode? This is Find Your Film 140 because they are covering three movies today. <laughs> I think I'm covering a couple of movies. They're, they're the ones who did most of the work. The featured films we're reviewing this week include, yes, this is a, actually a movie title. I don't know. I'm going to ask Eric Holmes. Eric Holmes, is this movie called Incredible? It's called Incredible But True. Yes or no, this is a bad movie title. It's an inaccurate title because I don't believe for a second any of that is true, but it is incredible. So I'll give it that. Ooh, very teaser. This I believe it's a French comedy, incredible but true. It's a director that we all know and love. We're going to get to him in a second in his work. There is definitely, quote unquote, something in the dirt. Bruce Perky, you actually were on the proverbial horse about this. You you actually wanted this. Why did you want uh, I, another double entendre? Sorry, Bruce, for about that. Why did you want something in the dirt? Why did you want us to cover it this week? At least you and Eric did. Uh, well, it's um, Moorhead and Benson or Benson and Moorhead, depending on which you prefer. So, And they're always worth checking out whenever they put out new product. So I thought, let's check it out. Okay. I am. I consider myself an Asian American a podcaster. I like to represent the culture a lot. But the thing is, I like to say that, but I actually don't, I don't want to actually follow up on my actions. But someone who does follow up on his actions is Eric Holmes. I was talking about representation. What are you representing this week regarding our featured movie, Missing? What did you do vis-a-vis this movie? I did an interview with uh, the writer-director uh, Shinzo Katayama and uh, for his movie, Missing. And we're going to cover it today. Uh, spoiler alert. It's pretty fucking good. It's it's pretty effing good. That effing, effing good. Bruce Perky, fancy a game of ping pong. I, I Yeah, I'm really good at ghost ping pong. I'm not going to say <laughs> what that means, but I'm great at it. I never miss. Ghost ping pong. Bruce Perky, incredible but true. He tried to actually mix in two movie... <laughs> Two movie inside jokes regarding that comment. Really interesting. You're going to learn a little bit more about it when we cover these three movies. Eric, you also have a recommendation from Tubi this week. Is it? Are you excited to, to talk about whatever you're going to talk about from Tubi? Yeah, it's uh, called Gatlop. Gatlop. Gatloop. Gatlop. Excuse. What did you burp again? What? Did, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> no, is that, that? Okay. no, that's what it's called. We'll, we'll talk about it later. It's written by Jim Mahoney, who wrote and directed the upcoming bar fight. And after watching Gatlop. Kind of excited about bar fight. So, oh, little spoiler I, there. 
Excellent. Eric's doing some extra research regarding bar fight next week. I think you're doing interviews next week for bar fight. And this is actually a precursor to that. Oh, very good, Eric, on that. You're I, you're doing a lot more work than I am on this podcast. Once we're warriors, it's a it's a box movie this week, Bruce. You want, you've always wanted to see this. I pretended to actually, I, I saw it years ago. Am I disqualified from the actual discussion? Because I did not actually meet the expectations and watch it like you and Eric did this week. I don't know if Eric watched it, but uh, if... <laughs> well, Eric, you know why I'm gonna I'm gonna give Eric the the pass because he was yeah. he was too, missing in the weeds. You were are you were you in the whole throes of the whole missing world this week? Is that why you didn't do once we're warriors? There's a bunch going on this week. There's a bunch going on. Actually, I think, I think he crawled through the basement and he ended up right at the podcast and he ran out of time. <laughs> So actually, it's it's only going to be Bruce this week. It's been a while because Eric's actually been doing triple duty every week. He said there's been a lot there. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of interviews. And actually, Eric Holmes, before this podcast called me, he said, hey, you know what? I think Bruce Perky should do the box movie just by himself. Let him do it every single week. And you and I should go out and the siesta like Danny Glover and and uh, Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, have that two hours to ourselves. Is that correct, Eric Holmes? Where we're actually I, throwing him under the bus? Is that correct? Uh, to, to, well, maybe. But I, I was going to mention that I've been having reoccurring nightmares lately with all the, the interviews I've been doing. I, I had one just last night where uh, I was going to do an interview and I hadn't seen the movie and then if he's starting i'm like <laughs> you don't know what the f to say it's, it's kind of like when you're younger and you start having uh, uh dreams of going to school and you forgot to put your clothes on it's like one of those sort of things not not fun not it's fun not it's not fun and i'm gonna reassure you i've been doing interviews for over 30 years eric holmes I, i'm gonna sound like a seasoned professional right now i've had dreams of actually not watching the movie before an interview i've had dreams of actually doing an interview without rec- pressing the record button I've done that plenty of times and thanks for Emily Griffith. She has, she saves my ass every time. So props to her. Yes. And she's a wonderful publicist. I'm going to tell you all those nightmares will come true, Eric. I'm just going to tell you right now. Don't, don't even, so don't even worry about the nightmares. They will come true. There's going to be a time when you're, or you, or you're going to get, you're going to become a 51 year old. I was going to say Asian podcaster, but you're going to become, become just like me. And you're going to say, I'm not going to watch a movie. I'm just going to pretend I saw it just like I'm doing today. Oh, right. God. (laughs) I can't even imagine that. That'd be, that'd be a fucking living nightmare. That would be a very much living nightmare. Bruce, can I actually hand the baton to you for our first featured review? Uh, regarding incredible but true i'm just going to set up a little bit of a platter for you and then you can run off with this it centers on a a couple they're middle-aged and i I believe they're they're a french couple they're looking for a house it's a really nice house it's beautiful just from the looks like expensive and they're thinking about getting it but the real estate agent tells them hey there's something really special about the house and and they're saying okay we don't like basements they they see a a basement in the hole there's like a hole that goes on to something different and there's like no it's okay we don't we're not into that but the real estate agent tells him, once you go into the hole, how far do I get there, Bruce? What happens? Should, should we spoil whatever happens? Yeah, I guess we uh, could say that because movie reviews have said this. Yeah, once they go in. Yeah, it's kind of what the it's kind of what the premise is. So it's a premise, right? To. Yeah, yeah, it is a premise, right? Just like the, okay, so the, once, once you go in the hole, into this basement, you think you're going to a basement, but you're not. You're actually going into the house again. You're in the same location. But the problem is... This, this portal, it actually gives you a time shift. So when you leave, when you go in the hole and when you come back to normal existence, you 12 hours will have passed. 
12 hours will have passed and actually you would have you become three days younger that is a premise of incredible but true sounds like a very funny movie and in many ways it is i believe it's only 74 minutes but it's just it's it's 74 minutes but currently streaming on it will be streaming november i believe 7th on arrow on the arrow player via arrow films fantastic movie just really interesting bruce I think I said too much. What, what do you want to say about <laughs> Incredible But True? Well, no, I mean, that is kind of the inciting like premise, I guess you'd say. So this is kind of like uh, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes or one of those kind of movies where you come up with a, a fantastical premise in a realistic setting and you kind of set your players in motion. And you say, what's going to happen? Now, in this case, it's done by, uh, was it Quentin Depew? Depew, uh, right who made uh, last year's Mandibles, which we all liked quite a bit. And he's made Rubber. And I think he made, what was that? Deerskin. He's made uh, quite a few movies. He's kind of known for these, I guess you'd say quirky or kind of sort of fantastical, surrealistic comedies. But he's also not, he's kind of this weird combination of highbrow and lowbrow. Like, you know, here's this French surrealistic filmmaker, but he's doing these kind of goofy characters and goofy situations. And there's another fantastical element that we won't discuss that comes up at a dinner party with two of their friends, which adds a whole other twist to the oddness of this movie. It's a very electric part of the narrative. Very <laughs> yes, <laughs> very electric part of the narrative. This is, for me, this is a fun movie, but not quite as fun as I could imagine it being. I think it goes, these movies are work very similarly. In Mandibles, there was just sort of a magic, a magic co- connection of our two main goofy leads, that kind of a stoner comedy that just absolutely worked for me. This one is a little less on that side for me, although there is still a lot of fun to be had. I feel like this one's, to me, it's a little lighter than the other movie. It's a little, it's a little more like, um, you know, 75 minutes, I got less than I wanted kind of, whereas the other one like was about the same, about 80 minutes. And it felt like I got right, the right amount. So this one, I felt like I wanted just a little more meat. In fact, for at one point, <laughs> electric meat, uh, at one point, <laughs> There is a point towards the end of the movie where uh, kind of an extended montage occurs. And I understand the reasoning for the montage and I like the montage, but at the same time, I was almost like, but that's kind of what we want the movie to be about is what's happening in this montage. And I wanted there to be a little more of that material in the actual body of the movie. That being said, I think it's a fun watch. It's definitely a recommend. Okay. A fun watch. It's, it, yeah. it, it's, you sound disappointed, but let, let's be honest here. Being disappointed about this guy, Quentin Depew, it's just like saying, because he's such a great filmmaker, you were expecting well, this high bar as far as a, of entertainment for him. Yes. And this year we've had several of these kind of movies that have been amazing. And I mentioned Beyond the Two Minutes and we have everything everywhere all at once. We've got a few of these movies where they really take a concept and they just take do the most with it with pretty mi- minor budgets, re- relatively small budgets. So I feel like with that kind of comparison, you got a lot to live up to. So, okay, fair, fair. Eric Holmes, do you agree with Bruce's assessment? Recommend, but a little bit disappointed with Incredible But True. Sort of. Well, first of all, the the time travel element, you just got to accept it and move on uh, because it doesn't make any sense at all. That said, I like, unlike uh, Mandibles and Rubber, I think this is saying a lot more just in terms of uh, what, what the concept means in general. The one character is just constantly trying to get younger and the other one's just trying to live their life. Like there's more kind of context and more saying you know it, it's saying a lot more than mandibles like mandibles is just a fucking weird ass movie rubber is just a weird ass movie i think this is one's a lot more thoughtful in its concept and what it means to the characters that said it's also 
kind of fun. I, again, the time travel doesn't really add up, I don't think. But Interstellar is kind of weird, too. But I still like <laughs> I, I How did I know that you're going to mention Interstellar? I, I, you know, Bruce said to me the other day, he just crank called me at three, three in the morning. He said, Greg, you know what? I, I just made a decision. Tenet is way better than Interstellar. I don't know. Just, just uh, out of the blue, right? Ten, right, right. Bruce Tennant is way better than Interstellar, correct? I mean, they're it's bo- they're both great movies. <laughs> <laughs> they're both. Wait, wait. They're both great movies. Did, did you say that, Bruce, or was that Eric? No, it was Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> How dare we silence Bruce? Bruce, you have anything to say to that, or are you just gonna remain quiet? No, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Incredible, I, but I, true. Actually, that's incredible, but false. I, we, you have to listen to our earlier episodes to hear Bruce's real, real but, thoughts uh, on Tennant. So, yeah. but I, I think with uh, at least the movies, the Quentin Dupuis movies I've seen previously, they're always weird and interesting and fun. I think this is the uh, of the ones I've seen, which is Mandibles and Rubber. And I think that's it. And so I can't speak to the rest of them. But yeah, with been, this I haven't one, seen Deerskin. I haven't seen yeah. Deerskin or Rubber. I haven't seen Rubber yet. So oh, right. Rubber is a weird one. Mm. Um, but this one seems like he's kind of expressing more than the the other two that I've seen. And mm. I kind of and so it's fun. It's weird. But also kind of got a little more out of it. But I do see what Bruce is saying with like everything, everywhere, all at once. It explores that concept fully. Beyond the Infinite, two minutes explores that concept like entirely. This doesn't quite do that, but it's still saying something and it's still interesting. It's still fun and definitely worth watching for sure. I found Incredible But True to be very entertaining and funny and surprisingly you were saying thoughtful, surprisingly poignant. It's sad at points. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm here to have a good time. You're actually depressing me with some of the life lessons to be gleaned from Incredible But True. So yes, Incredible But True, this movie is actually funny, but it has some really just moving moments for me. And Bruce mentioned the montage at the end. I think some people will be on board with it. Some people won't be because it goes through a lot of life stuff in that montage. And yes, some of those life stuff in that montage should have been maybe elaborated a little bit more. It's more of a stylistic flourish that I loved and I was on board with me being a fan of any movie that's seven minutes. <laughs> so I ended up really loving Incredible But True. If you're like me and you are a time whore, not time lord, time whore, and you want to keep all your time, get 74 minutes of more bang for your buck with Incredible But True. I, you know, I'm giving this four and a half out of five stars. Bruce Berkey. I will go. First of all, I one last thing I want to say is the final shot is a strange um, allusion to the movie behind me. Uh, Shiana Andalou, probably one of the most famous surrealistic movies of all time. And it could almost be seen as an origin story to that shot, if you think about it. And if you don't know what I mean, you'll have to watch both movies. Um, I will give it three and a half stars. Okay, very good. And Bruce, you you said something that's completely over my head. And after we're done recording this, you're going to tell me about the movie and how how it connects. Very, very good, Bruce, on that. And actually, I I need to spell the actual movie. So I'll leave that in the show notes just in case case you want to see that movie as well. Eric Holmes, three and a half for Bruce, four and a half for me. Where do you go? I'm probably at four stars. Uh, This movie makes me bleed ants. Uh, His heart's just pumping out a bunch of ants and it, it, this has this has a lot good going for it and i think uh i think it'll be weird for some but it'll scratch a certain itch and maybe get more out of it than you think you might otherwise okay so that is incredible but true starting november 7th it's going to be part of the aero subscription service so you can check it out 
Aero Films, Aero Subscription Service, incredible but true, really interesting. You know what? I'm surprised that none of us have actually gotten into the streaming service because they have a really good collection of movies every month. So who knows? Maybe we'll down the line, once we start making our millions and millions of dollars from Find Your Film and Cinematics, we'll start subscribing to Aero and uh, Aero Player, Aero Films. Hey there, classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two. Final trailer. I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion. Bullshit artist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right. Awesome. You're going full Danzig. That's right. I am. My my transmute has no power over me. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is a movie called Something in the Dirt at the request of Bruce Berkey. Look, Benson and Moorhead, I believe those are the filmmakers. They are the stars of this movie as well. It's interesting after directing episodes of Moon Knight, and obviously a couple of years ago, we all enjoyed that movie Synchronicity. You would think their next movie would be, I don't know, some kind of tentpole, bigger budget. That's just me being an idiot. Because if you know anything about Benson and Moorhead, they really have DIY indie roots, especially when it comes to really highfalutin topics about life and science and mystery and, and the paranormal. This one centers on two guys, two strangers. They're living in an apartment in Los Angeles. There's one person who is, I don't know if it's Benson or Moorhead. <laughs> They're interchangeable to me. One of them moves in on the top floor in the, the apartment and they start meeting each other on a morning. They each have a smoke. And one of the, there's this interesting ashtray. It's the, it's a crystal ashtray, but it's not really an ashtray. It's like some kind of crystal object that for some reason in the new residence room, it starts to move and it emits light or light emits from it. There's some weird things that are going on. And these two strangers decide to actually team up and shoot a documentary on what this what this actual object is. Is it an object from outer space? Is it, is it a ghost or, a, or is it a paranormal incident? That is the premise behind something in the dirt. And obviously, this is a low budget. I'm, I, I'm an hour in, so I'm looking at it as a low budget paranormal thriller. I don't know. I haven't completed the, the rest of the movie. But Bruce, what else can you say about this LA set, something in the dirt? Does it fit with your love of these filmmakers? Because I know you've been passionate about their work for quite a while. It definitely, it, it feels like one of their movies for sure. Like this is kind of right in there kind of bread and butter, you know, wheelhouse, which is kind of this low budget. There are effects, but they use them sparingly or they use them well within their budgetary means. They don't over, you know, overshoot their abilities. And they're always really idea oriented. And they're always kind of a little bit mind bending, a little bit sci-fi with spring being kind of, we talked about spring a while ago. Spring is kind of a weird offshoot to that, but this is very much more like their, their earlier works uh, as well, which my brain is forgetting the name. The of end, it. Is it the endless or endless? The endless. Or the endless? Yeah, yeah. endless. This is delving a little more into like paranoia and like urban living and, and uh, conspiracy theory, like symbology and all kinds of weird stuff going on where to me, this almost almost felt like if I were to compare it to anything, like you have Aronofsky's pie and this is almost like pie squared. You know, this is like if you had to two of the same characters in pie, both kind of losing it and discovering everything like, you know, symbols and everything around them and, and meaning and magic and, and conspiracies. And is it aliens? Is it, 
you know, what is it? Is it, is it, you know, magic? What is it? So there's all this stuff is happening. And at the same time, you're also learning about these characters also within it. And all, and on top of that, it feels like it, it's probably a COVID era project because it seems like something they could do with themselves together with very, very few other people. But that being said, they give it a lot of, they put a lot into this, like the editing and the news stories and all the weird stuff that gets connected. I could see some people being like absolutely obsessed with this movie. And I was of anything that I kind of wished was in this movie. Once again, wishing that something's not there. I looked for a couple things to see if they had made any websites. Cause I could see this, the kind of thing where you make like almost an online add on to this movie. Uh, what are they called? ARGs. I think they're called like uh, alternate reality games where basically people have set up these websites and videos and they all connect to each other and you can eventually kind of un- unfold uh, a-, a story or a mystery online through all these different like inputs. And I could see this that kind of thing being attached to this movie with mm. the symbology and everything that's going on here. That being said, overall, I think it's good. Um, it's It's interesting. It maybe goes on a little long because I felt like there's a point where I started to kind of have wanted to all sort of tie together. And for me, it just kind of kept adding on new elements, but I didn't feel like the pieces quite a hundred percent satisfactorily wove together for me. So I think that was kind of the only downfall of this movie, which kept it from being, you know, absolutely great in my book to being good in my book. So, but I would say people that are fans of Benson and Moorhead, it's, it's, it's definitely a worthwhile watch. Okay, Eric, your thoughts on something in the dirt? There are a few things as exhausting to me as a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so a lot of this movie I was kind of checked out on. You know, it, I I love I love the characters. You know, it, there was a little weirdness between them. And then as the movie goes on, they start getting like really deep into conspiracy theory stuff. Like, what do these numbers mean? What does the Fibonacci sequence mean? And like, look, I, I like listening to Joe Rogan. But whenever he's got a, what, 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 what's his name? John Bravo or Rio Bravo or the fuck his name is the, the guy that comes in that, you know, probably thinks that the, the moon has a white dwarf star in the middle of it and believes in Bigfoot. Like whenever that stuff kind of comes up as much as I love cryptids, but I love cryptids as characters, not as, ooh, this could be real. Um, but so when they start getting in and getting into the, uh, conspiracy theory stuff and like really leaning into it i'm just like oh fucking christ it's gonna and so the movie's about two hours long it felt like 15 hours to me <laughs> but then the end of the movie comes along and i like like it started getting to the point like oh these people are nuts or whatever like it, it started kind of showing what it was about and i i appreciated that but by that point i was kind of checked out on this you know we uh you are a fa- you are a fan of their work though I'm assuming you've seen. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. And by the way, this is not a bad movie. Like th- this is actually a really good movie. It's just the you know what the movie's about is stuff I'm not interested in. This has like really strong primer vibes. Like I think if people like primer, this is like primer two almost. Um, but the issue is with primer, it's like oh, this is uh, the time travel, and what does that mean? How does that work? How does that affect us? This is like kind of a bunch of um, conspiracy theory garbage, which I'm not at all interested in. But often, you know, I will give like, and I should probably save this for the star ratings. I'll often give three star bangers for movies I love, but knowing full well that other people won't like this. I think this is another three star banger that I fall on the other side of. Like if you're the type that listens to the the Bravo guy and Joe Rogan, and you're the type of person that 
loves um, conspiracy theories, this is going to be like this is going to be like catnip for you. You're going to fucking love this movie. Or coast to coast. Not, if you listen to coast to coast, you ex- love. Yeah, this. exactly. That this is the movie for you. I'm just not that guy. That kind of stuff just like just bores the hell out of me. So a lot of this I was checked out, but that's not saying this is a bad movie because it's not. This is really well done. And again, if you like uh, if you like Primer, check it out. If you like conspiracy theories, definitely check it out. Considering where they go by the end, if you're into conspiracy theories, you should probably definitely watch this and pay attention to the characters. Restar Banger for Eric Holmes. I'm assuming for something yeah. in the dirt. And I would assume maybe a similar kind of rating for you, Bruce. Yeah, I'm I'm probably three and a half on this one. And I agree absolutely with what Eric said in that if you are interested in this sort of thing, I think this is automatically will upgrade for you. Like, I think you'll automatically like it that much better because you'll just kind of want to go down the rabbit hole a lot deeper than maybe both Eric and I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted a little more spelled out or I wanted the character stuff to be a little more like the meat and potatoes. But it, that, like, it's, like he said, it's good. It's a good movie. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an hour in. I like the interplay between the two. Does it pay off at the end as far as just developing their stories and yeah, seeing their conclusion? I, 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 I think the end's the best part. The The problem I had with it was by the time I got there, I was already kind of, you know, I, I was already kind of done with the movie by that point. But where they go and what the movie's saying by that point, I think is really good. Um, And if, and kind of Bruce was saying, like, if it was shorter, like, if this was like a, 40 minutes short and they you know started with the beginning cut out like all the middle stuff and got right to the end i've been like oh this is fucking brilliant (laughs) this is awesome but it's all that stuff in the middle where it's like all right fucking conspiracy theory shit i don't care (laughs) um but at at the same time i see like why they had to kind of linger there for a bit but the the ending's really good eric did you like that movie spring yeah i love spring listeners if you know what spring is i i'm assuming go Go to Tubi or go go on Just Watch and find out where Spring is. Immediately watch it. It's just a beautiful movie about love and infatuation, or actually not even infatuation, love. So it's Spring. So that is Something in the Dirt in theaters. Only theaters, November 4th. That's not a conspiracy behind that. Eric gave it three stars. It's not a three-star banger for him. As uh, you know, It's kind of not his film, but you know, he, it's still a good movie. So a three-star banger might be an upscale for a lot of people who are into conspiracies. Bruce Perky, three and a half star, three and a half stars. Again, he's a huge Benson and Moorhead fan. What is their best movie, best work, Bruce, in your estimation? Is it even spring? Possibly spring? Or or synchronicity? Or Moon Knight? What, what did he say? <laughs> Moon, uh, spring <laughs> I think spring is my favorite of theirs. Uh, it's it's the most different. It feels the most emotionally, I don't know, satisfying for me. I love it. That's such a beautiful movie. And you know, it's funny. I'm assuming spring is the cheapest movie to shoot. Well, obviously going out to a different location might be expensive, but that's just a real DIY production. I'm surprised that a film exists. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Again, spring. Tell us what you think if you've already seen it. Or if you haven't, again, go see Spring and go after that. Maybe go check out Something in the Dirt. I will tell you this. I'm an hour in. I lived in these kind of apartments when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I've had friends like this talking on the roof of apartments about our various disappointments. I do not urinate on daycare centers or do weird things. I never had those kind of watches on me. That you'll, that you'll admit on the podcast. That uh, that has just been cut from Eric Holmes's comments on the final thing. <laughs> I'm cutting it right now, Eric Holmes. And the answer is <laughs> no comment. But yeah, I remember when I was young, this is one of these movies that if you're a person in your 20s and 30s and living in a big city or a city like LA, especially since it's set in LA, you might actually have an extra 
upscale as well regarding something in the dirt. Because I think from the first hour, it's also about a couple of dudes who are just trying to, I don't know, just trying to make it in this world. And unfortunately, they're not making it in this world. You know why? Because they're not one of the three hosts of Find Your Film, of the Find Your Film podcast, where all three of us are millionaires right now as we speak. Actually, two of them, they have, again, like I said at the beginning, Bruce and Eric have stolen all the money of that Anderson and I have accrued over the years. You know why? All of this money that Anderson and I have, is it with Bruce? Is it with Eric? I don't know. The money is match game. What is the money? The money is what, Eric? $69. The money's not $69. It might, <laughs> might be $69. The money is missing. What's up, listeners? Force 5 is a show about movie-related top five lists. Hosted by me, Blacklist screenwriter and ex-video store cinephile Jason Kleberg. I have a new guest on each week, and the guest gets to pick the topic. Past guests have included film directors, screenwriters, actors, critics, comedians, rappers, artists, and other podcasters. Love or hate our picks, you're guaranteed to walk away thinking, what would be on my list? Search Force 5 wherever you get your pods or head to force5podcast.com. Missing oh, okay. is a Japanese <laughs> film. It's a Japanese film about a young girl who wakes up one, mo- one morning and she finds her father missing. Okay, here's the thing. Her father, as we as it's established in the beginning, is a drunk. He's a layabout. He has a day job, I believe, working in construction. But there's something off about her dad within the first several minutes of the movie. So she's helping him back to their domicile, like it's an apartment out in the middle of in, in Japan, one of the cities there. And you can tell that even though he loves his daughter, he's very irresponsible. And it seems like the daughter is actually the quasi mother to her own dad because she's taking care of him. This is what makes Missing very interesting is you think it's going to be about a girl, a young girl trying to find her father. In many ways, it is. But I'm going to let Bruce and Eric talk about what else this movie is about. Let's just say the narrative goes in so many different directions that I found completely mesmerizing. It had a huge strike against me. The big strike on Missing is it's not 74 minutes like Incredible But True. It's actually two hours and four minutes. It was taking 124 minutes of my friggin' time. And you know what? By the end, I was not missing all the time that I that was quote unquote, not wasted on this movie. This is a masterpiece to me in, in many ways. And I, I like to, I want to hear what Eric and Bruce have to say. Maybe Bruce, I, I don't know if he loved Missing as much as me. I'm I'm wondering if Eric even loved Missing as much as I did. I, I initially gave it four and a half out of five stars a couple of days ago. There might be an upscale on my rating by the time this conversation is over. Eric Holmes, since you did the interview, let's start off with your reactions, your thoughts on Missing. All right. So first of all, um, if you're looking up the movie, look up Sagasu. That's the original title, S-A-G-A-S-U. Uh, because if you Google missing film, you're going to come up with like a hundred thousand different movies. If you look up Sagasu and uh, uh, Shinzo Katamura, this will come right up. Um, this movie is fantastic. Like, or, uh, like Greg said, you know, it starts off with a, a daughter looking for, you know, kind of trying to take care of her dad. And then at one point looking for a dad, uh, he turns up missing. And this, this goes in directions that you would not believe like it, it's kind of uh it kind of sets itself up as a particular type of movie and then as it goes on it's like oh no this isn't that kind of movie at all kind of like, uh, actually uh parasites are a really good example of that you know parasite starts off like oh i know what this is and then as it goes on it's like i have no idea what this is and i'm interested to see where it goes this is fantastic it has a bunch of great moments and i'm not even sure like what to explain and what not to. Um, I can, 
I think we can say this, and maybe you and Bruce might want to cut me off here because if we don't say that one of the characters, one of the characters in this movie is excellent. So we're going to have to put a name on who, who the character is. Bruce, let's go to you. Who? What kind of name can we put to this young actor who's really, really good in this movie? You mean as far as like what he portrays? What he is, what movie? he portrays. Can we say, I mean, I'm sure movie reviews are saying what it is, but I want, I'm going to lean on you and Eric regarding what can we I, say about I, this person? Eric? I, I think I think a lot of this movie, uh, a lot of the great things about this movie is its initial discovery. And by the way, we could give that away and that doesn't diminish how great the movie is. But I think what's great about this is that you can watch it once and be like, oh, you know, you get the discovery as you go along. And then once you watch it the first time, you go back and watch it again. Oh, now I get it. Now I got a different uh, perspective on what's going on. So I think the less we say about it, the better. Are you sure you're going to watch it a second time, Eric? I did watch it a second time. You know, Eric, that's four hours and eight minutes. Yeah. Well spent as far as I'm concerned. That that's like 500 um, Quentin Depew movies. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Eric, the second time. But Richard he's exper- fine because he just went down the basement hole a few times and he got his time back. <laughs> and well, my Eric, Eric, you look much younger on this podcast. But look, thank you. Second second time viewing missing. Richer experience then because you picked up the clues or yeah it started picking up picking up clues and ideas and and also like the first time I'm watching it I'm trying to figure out like what's going on or I think I know what's going on and then things get things start happening and I'm like wait but now that I watched it the first time I got all that discovery now I watch it a second time I know what happens and now I can start paying attention to, like all the little uh in intricacies intricacies, intri- uh, Intric- blah, blah, blah. intricacies. Yeah, those things. <laughs> or, or those things. Those things might be a better word. You know, my only big, actually, it's a big complaint. The only, the only one, it's, yeah, the, the only complaint I have regarding missing is I think they took a page out of my 20s dating experience regarding nectarines or tangerines mm-hmm. and my DVD collection. That's the only thing I did, I did not like. Bruce is shocked at my joke. Bruce, your thoughts on missing? <laughs> you have a whole room, huh? Like, my, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a sliding door. Uh, so to speak. So no, I'm sorry, sorry, Bruce. What do you think of missing? <laughs> well, you know, if you take sliding doors, I hear you can get two different life paths. I've heard about that about sliding doors. <laughs> very good, um, very anyway, good. Uh, yeah, this is a good movie. I agree wholeheartedly on this. Um, so what I'll say and try to be kind of vague is one thing that's great about this movie, and you talk about discovery, that is very much at the center of this movie is that you've got you have three characters, and we're not going to say what the one character is, but you have the mother or not the mother, but the the father yeah. and the daughter and the yeah, the father is, like you said, almost being caretaken by his daughter. Like he's kind of almost, he's almost on the street. He's barely hanging on and she's taking care of him. And then you have the other character, which we're not going to mention exactly, the younger man. And basically within the first, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes, you know where they're at. You know what all their places are in this movie. And then when it takes a turn at a certain point in this movie, I don't know, third or a little more through, we start to recontextualize all three of them, or especially the younger man and the father. And a good chunk of the movie after that is rediscovering those characters in a totally new light and in a way that we didn't understand. And even more important, or not even more importantly, but also really great is it recontextualizes the settings that we've seen as well. For example, the the father who's kind of down and out used to have a uh, kind of a ping pong, like a pool part, a pool hall we would have here. He had like a ping pong hall kind of that was kind of his business, and that's kind of gone into disarray. He doesn't 
have it anymore. It's just kind of, it's left abandoned. That comes to play very key as the story goes on and gets recontextualized multiple times. Uh, This movie is like Eric got to, it's, it's really complex in a great way. I think it gets more complex as it goes, but kind of differently than um, something in the dirt. I feel like this one really threads all those pieces together. So by the end, everything makes sense to you and everything has like kind of a perfect um, tapestry that's been built for you so that you have this kind of final sequence. It's about what, five minutes long. And it's, it's, and it's a very simple sequence and it's pretty awesome. (laughs) It's a pretty awesome sequence. If I have one gripe, tiny gripe to this movie. You don't have any gripe, Bruce. I just cut it out. (laughs) No, if I have any gripe. Uh, Eric, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I think we lost Bruce for just one second. That was because he was about to gripe. So, oh, I, I actually himself, like no dice. I accidentally booted him off. But you know, what would you think his gripe would be? Maybe the the narrative, um, how it jumps. Let's let's take a guess. I I, I don't know because like so the first time I watched it, I was kind of like it four stars. Like this is really good, and then I watched it a second time, and it's like no, this is four and a half. Like the the it's it's kind of one of those things that just kind of reveals itself the more you watch it. Um. I maybe maybe oh well he's back so he can tell we us we were get I, we were we were no actually idea. trying to guess the, the the gripe that you had <laughs> so. I don't I froze just to leave them wondering <laughs> 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 okay if I had any tiny tiny gripe in this movie is that I was so invested in the character of Katie played by Aoi Ito yes. uh, in this movie that I would have liked even more of her involvement in the last third of this movie than we got. Uh, what we got was great, but I wanted even more. Um, but that's that's just me wanting a two and a half hour movie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that doesn't even feel like a gripe. That feels like a compliment. I think yeah, that's, that's like watching I, Yak in the classroom saying, "We need more Pimzam." Which we is do tr- need more Pimzam, <laughs> which is true. No, I look, Bruce. I would have the same look. If you're going to call that a gripe, I would have the same gripe with you as as that as you. I wanted more of her. I think we lost Bruce one more time, but yeah, what is your rating? You know what? Before we get into the rating, Eric, I w- I want to say that this movie I gave, initially gave it four and a half stars, but I'm going to give this movie five stars, and it, it hits on so many different levels. And that final sequence is probably right now, as we as of this recording, my favorite movie scene yeah. of 2022. So, Eric, final thoughts on yeah. missing. In fact, when I did the uh, the interview with Shinzo, I asked him about that, like the kind of meaning behind that scene. And he he's like, well, it's got like two that you could go with. And he gave them both to me. And one of them just broke my heart as I was listening to it. And oh, so wow. this did, is- Did you get teary? Did you get teary during the interview when he's explaining I, the ending? I, I, I held it down, but- Oh, wow. It, it, okay. it, it, was pretty, it was pretty bleak and kind of sad and beautiful at the same time. This is like one of those movies that like, because I, I think at this point, I watched it the first time about a week ago. And it's like, it's sticking with me. So I I'd, I'd probably have to do five stars. I think. Um, are, you, are you begrudgingly giving it five stars? Well, cause I'm at like four and a half now, but I know if I watch it a third time, it's going to be a five star. And then I'll watch it six time and it'll be six and a half, 6.9 stars. And like, the, this is the, this is a movie that's just like the longer it's sitting with me and the more I watch it, the better it gets. So, okay. We're not living in a, I'm, I'm, I'm future proofing my star review. Don't, don't incredible, but true this re- review. Don't, don't, don't do that. No, right now, as we speak, Eric Holmes is giving missing 
four and a half stars. I am giving no, this. no, 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 no. Five? I'll, oh, I'll, you're I'll, five. No, I'll, no, I'll do, I'll do five because oh, that, that's why I'm saying that. That's the beauty of this movie. It's like it, it, it gets your tentacles in you and just kind of pulls you in. And the, the more you give to it, the more it gives you back. Oh. I think that's a, I think that's a hallmark of a great movie. Can we just say? If they ended it five minutes before it ended, it's still a freaking awesome movie. What? It goes, you're thinking, oh, this is an amazing movie. Oh, here, here's the ending. I like it. What's going on here? And then it just goes on to to another level. Bruce, your rating on Missing. I, I'm i going to go four and a half. I wouldn't be surprised. Like Eric, I might go up as well. Um, I am surprised that he gave away the secret about the tentacles, though. Now they know that Cthulhu is the other character. <laughs> That is not a spoiler, by the way. <laughs> we, ha- I, I want to actually also add this that for missing, there there is that gripe with Bruce regarding the the actress. He wanted more of the the actress who played Kayade. She's the the young girl, and she's very fantastic in this movie. But there are really there are so many there are several stories in this movie. Each of these stories are given prominence. I'm going to tell you, it, it's just going to surprise you. And each of these moments, each of these stories are absolutely heartbreaking. And I don't want the idea of heartbreaking to stop you guys from giving missing a shot. Because right now, as we speak, I'm thinking, Bruce, what do you have uh, right off the top of your head? Do you have a favorite movie that's or a movie that you're just loving this year so much that is at the front of your brain? Same thing. Same question to you, Eric, because right now. Missing is literally in the front of my brain. It's my favorite so far. Yeah, you, uh, that, right definitely that. Top? I mean, The Long Walk, obviously. Yeah. And, um, Haven't seen The Long Walk yet. We've been been, mean, been meaning to. Yeah. That was a joke. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce, do you have anything? <laughs> do you have anything that right off the top of your head that you're that's you're you're loving because you're you're pretty good at this. You're documenting all the movies you're seeing Ooh, this year on Letterboxd. Tin Can, Tin Can's are really good. Tin yeah. Can, I, I mean, I have I think about thirty movies in my top of the list. I have to try to have thirty one by December, and then I start. If I have more than thirty one, I start weeding them out, and, and then I put them in order slowly. But I have three or four that are t- towards the top right now. I don't know if this will be there yet, but. I let it sit for a little bit. Speaking of one of my f- favorites from the last couple of weeks, Brothers Keeper. Still can't get that movie out of my head. So th- these are a couple of movies that are really, really good. So that is it. Missing, that is five stars from Eric. Oh, yes. Five uh, stars fucking, from me. Four and a half. Then, fucking yes. Holy Spider. Holy, that, that's, holy Spider is fucking up there for sure. Oh, wait. Yeah. Holy Spider. Right. Holy Spider. Yeah. yeah. Man, we're just naming some really good holy movies. Holy shit. Holy fuck. That's why <laughs> if you just have a list, yeah. <laughs> seriously, when I saw the one, I go, this is one of the best of the movie I year. I just throw it in that little, that yeah. little pot and it's just there all year long. And at the end I go, is it still there for me? And then I start putting them in order. It makes it so much less easy to forget. Yeah. One of these days I need to write a list. I, I don't. Oh, but also one last thing on missing. Vesper. Uh, you go ahead. Oh, oh fuck! Best we're so good. <laughs> We've had a good year of watching movies, right? We had a fucking great year. We're we're gonna have to do like a top, like Bruce said. We're gonna have to do a top thirty of the year, and, and, know, then, right? and then do it, and then do a top ten for all three of us that we agree on, so that technically we can do a top forty. I think I have thirty two in there right now. God's country, yeah, right. So, uh, but I I did want to mention uh, missing Sagasu S A G A S U. Uh, if you're looking up the movie, look up Sagasu. Um, it, if you look up missing, you're going to not come up with it, but if you look mm. up S A G A S U, you will come up with it and it'll be at the top of the list on Google. And how about Saloon? Saloon, remember? 
Yeah, so so many great movies. Oh, fucking. That's so good. (laughs) Dinner in America. Dinner in America. Yes. How about... uh, Wheel? Squeal? How about Petite Manon Mama? Oh, don't make me that, don't make wait, me cry again! Don't here. make me cry again, Bruce. You're, I don't like that. I don't. That's an underhanded way to make me cry. Don't do that. <laughs> so yes, oh, yeah, uh, that would. Would you? Would we consider Petite Maman this year? The answer is yes, yes. Bruce, because we come. Okay, so I would. I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say Petite Maman and Maman would be my number one this year, along with yeah. this, along with Missing. So they're right. But right you know what? You can count it whatever year you want to. Honestly, it's your list. Yeah. So, right. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at all these Mad awesome God. movies. After before. Blue, I forgot about After Blue. After Blue was great. I forgot what After Blue is. But that anyways, was, uh, I did. That was the one where they uh, uh, they go. Kate on the, Bush. The, yeah. There you go, Kate Bush, but not Kate the Bush. Kate Bush song. <laughs> Oh, right. That is such a weird movie. That movie is so awesome. So many great movies. Listeners, there's only one way you can find out what the heck we're talking about. Go to our Find Your Film podcast. And Eric and Bruce are just just disgusted that, I, that I'm actually talk, using this conversation as a promo plug for Find Your Film. Go to our Find Your Film podcast feed and listen to all our previous episode, episodes. We've covered so many really interesting movies. Again, Squeal, Squeal, Squeal. That's a great movie that, that we covered. Uh, that's just another great movie that we've covered so that i believe those are our three featured reviews for this week eric holmes doing some extra legwork for next week when we cover a movie called bar fight what do you got for our recommendation this week yeah it's a movie called gatlop uh written by jim mahoney who's is who has written and directed bar fight which i haven't seen yet uh directed by alberto belli belli basically it's four people and hanging out like uh, uh the Jim Mahoney, he's the uh, the main character, and he just broke up with his wife, or his wife broke up with him to be more specific. And uh he uh he goes over to his friend John uh Cliff's house, played by John Bass. Uh, if if you ever saw a network or uh, not not network, the newsroom, Darren Sorkin joint newsroom, uh John Bass is kind of like if you look him up, you'll know who he is because he's been popping up in a bunch of stuff. But specifically, like if you saw Newsroom, he's the guy that uh, Olivia Munn just completely tears down on air. That part was pretty awesome. But anyway, that's near here and there. He goes over to his uh, his buddy's house and he wants to. He's got a couple other friends with him, um, and they're basically just there to hang out. And Jim Mahoney's kind of not there for it first, but then they decide that uh, they're going to play this game called Gatlop, G-A-T-L-O-P-P. And as they're playing the game, you know, it's kind of like there was a game my parents had back in the day called Scruples. It's like uh, you move your piece and then you draw a card and it asks you like, uh, you know, questions pertaining to your morality. And it it starts like that. It's kind of like not quite truth or dare, but kind of in that in that wheelhouse sort of and then as they're playing the game the questions start getting very personal and to the point where the questions are asking them pointed questions to the characters themselves and when they try to lie about things when the game tells them not to certain things start threatening them and then they realize oh shit we need to start being real truthful because if we don't, we're going to die. And so it, it it goes from like funny to almost a horror movie. But this is uh, kind of a neat concept. And like we were talking about earlier, um, it kind of takes that concept and goes like, it just digs in and goes full on with it. You know, it's got the the uh, friends kind of getting real, real deep with each other um, when they have to be truthful to each other. Yeah, the, this is really good stuff. It, it's kind of like a, I'm trying to think of a good example. Was it what's like a movie that you've seen 
that you're like, oh yeah, that looks like it might be kind of okay. And then you watch it and you're like, holy shit, this went like way, way deeper than I ever thought it would. I I can't think of I can't think of something another offhand. another stakeout men at work anything with Emilio Estevez okay not ones I would have picked but <laughs> <laughs> I know actually actually yeah. I do got a good example uh, Fight Club when Fight Club first came out I was thinking oh it's just a Brad Pitt movie and they're gonna beat each other up and it's gonna be a stupid action movie and then I go in there and it gets a lot more heady than I thought that movie ever would um, you know. People, you know, think a way about Fight Club nowadays. That's fine. But what I'm getting at is Gallop is it it feels like it's going to be the silly comedy. And it is. But it gets it gets a lot more thoughtful as it goes on in the the characters and the way they interact. This is like a movie that's way better than it has any right to be. And uh, Jim Mahoney uh, wrote another movie. Oh, uh, he was a co-writer on another movie called Klaus, which I saw this week as well. That's it. That's another one. I, I think Gatlop is better than Klaus, but Klaus is another movie where it's like, oh, it's a kid's movie. It'll probably be fun. You watch it go. Oh, oh yeah. I've seen Klaus. Really good. Yeah. It, yeah. It, that's good. Actually, fuck Klaus. That's, that's the example. You go into Klaus thinking it's going to be a silly kid's movie. Fuck. I'll watch it. Why not? And then you're watching it go. It's actually better than what I thought it could be. So between Klaus and Gatlop, I'm very excited to watch Bar Fight for next week. Okay, Bar Fight. I, are, you, are we doing any interviews? Are you doing any interviews or are we just doing the movie? That I'm not just... sure yet. I, I'm not sure. I, I was supposed to, maybe, maybe not, but we'll see. But one thing's for certain, I am watching Bar Fight next week. Okay. And I guess, well, all three of us will be watching Bar Fight. That's one of the only movies we're, we're going to cover next week. I think we're going to cover cover a couple of things. We mentioned, we mentioned before a movie called Missing. An easy way to actually find Missing is, how do you spell that movie? Sagasu? Sagasu, right? Sagasu. Saga S-A-G-A-S-U. Because if you actually type in missing on IMDb or maybe look it up on Letterboxd or Rotten Tomatoes, the top search, do you know, Bruce, what the top search for missing will be? I think you know the answer to this. Uh, is it going to be one in Central America somewhere that <laughs> includes Jack Lemmon? Yes, very, very good. And Jack Lemmon, and who is there's a co star of Jack Lemmon? Sissy Spacek, I believe. Yes, Sissy Spacek. Why am I mentioning Sissy Spacek right now? Because we just got a screening link for a movie of Sissy Spacek that is coming out next week. And I forgot what it's called, but we that's going to be another movie we're going to be reviewing next week. Eric and Bruce get a little bit flummoxed by some of the movies that come in their emails via my request. So that's going to be Bar Fight we're going to be covering. And we're going to be covering a movie starring Sissy Spacek. And Dustin Hoffman called Sam and Kate. I may, and Bruce is probably going to say no to this, I may also request the screener link for a movie called Paradise City, which stars John Travolta, Bruce, Axel Chris, Rose. Bruce Willis, and Stephen Dorff. It's time for you to say no now, <laughs> Bruce. And it's directed by, and this is why I think your no might be excise, may, might be outvoted with a yes. It's directed by eraser filmmaker Chuck Russell. So that might be I'm something in. that I mean, okay, I there you go, Chuck Bruce. Russell. I'm sorry, Bruce. You're going to have to see Paradise City. I'm going to take me down there. You're, yes, you're going down to Paradise City with Bruce Willis. If it's Judge not Rebels. directed by a member of Limp Biscuit. I'm not in. That's all I got to say. <laughs> very, very good. So that is a preview of some of the movies we'll be covering next week here on Find Your Film. But let's stay in the present. What's in the bleeping box? Before we get to the box, we always skin the beats with Pete Abeta. <laughs> Pete Abeta, I think it's my turn to say, you know what? Drop the beat, skin it, and drop it. Who's in the box? 
I am so sorry, Bruce. Once we're warriors, I warned you, Bruce. This is a what or what's in the bleeping box. Our box movie this week is Once We're Warriors, directed by Lee Tamar Hori. What can you tell our listeners about this movie? A, is it very good? Are you glad you watched it? And will you ever watch this movie again? Uh, yes, A, it is very good. Uh, B, I might watch it again. It's possible. Yeah, this is very good. And first of all, Lee Tamahori, we watched, uh, well, I've seen a few movies by this person. Um, He's very good. Didn't we watch uh, Mulholland Falls? Yes, Yes. very good. Uh, Was Lee Tamahori and I think The Edge, if I remember correctly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of other stuff. But anyway, uh, this movie is different than those by quite a bit. Uh, I think this might be the first movie they directed. It takes place in New Zealand and it starts out, it has a great opening shot. The opening shot is like beautiful vistas of like New Zealand countryside. And then it pulls down from that and you find out that's just a billboard like trying to sell New Zealand. And it pulls down from that to just like urban decay, <laughs> you know, immediately. And our, one of our main characters is is walking through it. And very quickly, you meet a family and oh boy, I can't even pronounce half these names, but your main character is, uh, they, and a lot of these people are of indigenous uh, heritage to New Zealand. They're not, you know, they're, I don't know if Maori is correct term on terminology, but they're indigenous people of that area. And kind of like a lot of indigenous people, they have been shunted to the outside outskirts of, you know, uh, rich white life now in their land. And what you immediately see is this family that is living, you know, kind of, you know, very meagerly. And you quickly see the kind of dynamic of this family. There's a mother and the mother, I've got to get her name. She is amazing. Um, Rena Owen. Uh, Rena Owen. Yes, 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 yes. Rena Owen plays Beth, the mother, and she is spectacular in this movie. And I think she's first build, which is correct correctly so and her husband jake played by uh Timura Timura morrison. morrison yeah he um thank you for the help on these jake immediately you see, the, you see the kind of dude yeah you see the kind of dude this guy is right he's immediately i mean he's the guy that's going to spend all day in the bar bring half the bar home with him have a huge party in their house multiple nights a week while his five or six kids are trying to sleep upstairs his wife is just kind of putting up with it and you kind of get the feeling this is this has been their life you know he's the life of the party except in his home life and uh within the first night mm, she back talks to him so he just decides to punch her all around the room and this is not like a slap here a slap there it's like full fist punches smash her face into mirrors leaving her bloodied and bruised the next morning and within like 20 minutes you're like okay this is and this is a life that we're seeing here. It's going to be brutal right out of the gate. They're not bikers, but they might almost might as well be. They're almost like on the edge of being a biker gang, but they're really just rough and tumble dudes, these guys that he hangs out with. And then the movie kind of settles in. And what you're going to find out as the movie goes on is you're going to kind of follow like several, the paths of several of her kids. She has a daughter, uh, Gracie, who is just trying to you know navigate being a young woman growing up in this household and then you've got two sons one that's kind of already starting to run afoul of the law and is being sent off to like a a youth home for troubled kids and another you another son who's basically deciding whether he should go join like the local gang and the gang is like more like affiliated kind of with the old ways, even though they're like a new gang, they're kind of there. They get the facial tattoos and all that stuff going on. So it's a really, really interesting story. I think 
Eric would actually probably love this movie. And oh, I think yeah. you should go back and watch this movie because this movie is, I mean, like we said before, love it in the sense that this isn't like fun old action movie, but it's got a level of just no nonsense grit to it and kind of a, a view of a world that, you know, we see so many movies that are about one sort or another of American culture that's not kind of on the skids or or not talked about as much, but it's talked about a lot for us. New Zealand, I, no, I don't think anything has been really before this. And I think for a lot of people, this in New Zealand, I think this is this is a revered movie. Um, and it goes, it's a really good movie. I mean, what can I say about it? It's it's really good, and it gets. It goes places that are super rough. And, super, um, super rough. And it yeah. doesn't sugarcoat anything. No. To the point that there's one character, I won't even say who the character is or give something away. One character who had to play play an especially vile character was very hesitant to play it. And for years after, he had to deal with the, the ramifications of playing that character. Yeah. Wow. If I, This is a movie that you should definitely seek out. Uh, it's rentable pretty much everywhere. I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere, but um, it's it's worth looking for. I would say I would rate this four and a half stars. I'd like to hear Greg's recollections of how he well, thought. About look, I, I saw this back in 94 on VHS and there are parts of this that I look almost 30 years later. I really remember. And it's tough. It's really tough to watch. That said, I remember when the movie ended, I said, wow, this is some movie, but I don't know if I ever want to get back here again, but it takes you on a real life journey that you have. You, I think you have to brace yourself before watching Once We're Warriors. And not because it's an exploitation movie. It's just because it's a real life look at these people. And it's it's just, you can see from Once We're Warriors, why Lee Tamahori had a really long career in cinema. And look, you can't fault him if he's making a movie like Mulholland Falls. I what, Was that Mulholland Falls? Yeah. I think Eric, if I recall, I think Eric and I liked it more than you did, Bruce. I liked it I liked, a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I dug it. I think, Bruce, you were mixed on it, kind of, if I recall. I don't remember what I gave it. I mean, it's kind of a three-star banger kind of movie. Like it yeah. has, it's it's so silly in so many ways, but it's a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> so, it's one, but that's it's, not him. He's not the writer, I don't believe. Uh, maybe yeah, he is. You can tell I mean, because of, so. yeah, that you, when you think of Lee Tamahori, you think of just the really gritty kind of guy. And maybe you, he puts some of that grit into his movies. In when in, But when you see his studio films, I still haven't seen that Nicolas Cage film Next, but I'm just saying, oh, well. Next it's, it's, like, yeah, it's, he it's did pretty Next. terrible, but it's also he, fun he to watch. Got, <laughs> he, he's, got a, he's got a really strange filmography. So we got uh, Once Were Warriors, then Mulholland Falls, then The Edge, uh, then an episode of Sopranos. Then we get Along Came a Spider, Die Another Day, Triple X, Stay of the Union, X. Actually, Devil's Double. I've always wanted to watch that one. I, I've never seen that one. These were all the... I'm buying a house in Malibu movies and which is fine. I'm sure uh, with it, if they have the Tamahori touch, Bruce said he had a, fun, <laughs> a nice time watching next. And for me, I'm eventually going to watch these Tamahori films because he did once were warriors. And that's that to me, one, one once were warriors equates to me, 10 studio movies he can make and make all that money and entertain us. I'm cool with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many directors have one of those? I mean, no. a lot of them don't have one. This is definitely feels like a passion project. And this is like one of those movies that just, I think it stands the test of time. I mean, what is this now? Almost 
almost 28 years 20 yeah it's almost 30 years old he's got mm. he's got such a strange filmography this this might actually be a really good uh candidate for like a director's spotlight yeah. not to say that <laughs> both the movies we would pick would be good but like just it, it, like i'm just looking at his uh filmography and it's like that's it, yeah, that's it, going all over the place director spotlight eric i've never even heard that term i think that term's redacted because we're making millions and millions of dollars on finding your <laughs> film I, i'm just saying we we can talk yes, about man. it <laughs> we can we can definitely talk about it but if it's not a money thing i'm not gonna do it but you know what it's not a money thing a, a thing of love we always find at the end of the at the end of the rainbow not a pot of cash we find something that's in the box what's in the box what's in the, what's box? In the box oh i don't know if i rated it but i, I rated it four and a half stars four and a half yeah four and a half yeah um, i would say okay. four and a half as well for me okay here we go you need to see that movie eric you really do yeah i'm looking it. for it right now because i'm about to run it watch it tonight oh I've never there watched this movie before. This might be epic. I don't know how long it is. I'm guessing it's pretty long. Uh, Hero. I've never watched Hero. Oh, the, I, I, Jet, the Jet Li movie? Yes. Right. Okay. A hero. My, my, look, that's one of my mom's favorite movies. She loves suggested hero. by Matt Stillman, by the way. Okay. Matt Stillman, our buddy over at the Cinematics Facebook group. Listeners, if you want to ju- keep this whole Find Your Film community going as far as daily movie insights and back and forth, we have Matt Stillman. We have Joseph Bridges and fellow podcasters william lindis and peter beta the aforementioned peter beta and of course jason kleberg from force five podcast hang out with these guys get some movie insights give us some movie insights as well join us on our cinematic facebook group that the show the uh, information is in our show notes before we go i didn't tell eric and bruce this but i also for this is something we're going to be doing on our website deepestdream.com you're going to see a lot of our cinematics and face find your film uh, podcast coverage on deepest dream check that out I am doing a giveaway this week, for the next several days. This is the movie. It is. Do you guys see what the movie is? Do you see what the movie? What is this movie? Oh, you, yes. The Witch. The Witch 2. The other the, one. It's the a, other one. Yeah. Let's say the second one. The other I, one I, yes. I still haven't watched that one yet. It's a Ooh, great movie. You should, it's good. You should see The yeah. Witch. But I'm giving away three Blu-rays on the Deepest Dream site, and I'll be putting that up shortly. And a big part of what we're going to be doing on Find Your Film and Cinematics is giving away Blu-ray stuff, and there's going to be more stuff to come regarding what we plan to do with Anderson and spoiler stuff and the masterclass director, actor stuff. We've we're cooking. Are we cooking Bruce or Eric? What do you think? Are we, are we, do we have things brewing? With yes? fire. Cooking with, with fire. fire. Are we cooking or with fire? What are we or with gas? <laughs> I think it's gas. You're supposed to be cooking. Yeah, you kind of have to cook with fire. Otherwise you're just kind of letting it sit out and get rotten. <laughs> Are we cooking with olive oil or frying oil or cooking oil? What what kind of oil uh, do we small, cook with? Bruce? Small points too low with olive oil. Mm. Gonna... Sesame oil. I'll do sesame oil. Sesame oil. And you're right. The smoke's too low with olive oil. Very good cooking tip from Julia, Eric Holmes' child on that. And before we go, final thoughts, Eric Holmes? Uh, yeah, actually, I should have brought this up at the beginning. But Michael Pickle, um, he has the, uh, by the time you're listening to this, the Indiegogo campaign is done. But... He got uh, last time checking 104 percent of what their goal was. So we will be seeing the dead place sooner than later, I think. So Very congratulations cool. to them. Congratulations, good on that. And Eric Holmes interviewed Michael Pickle several weeks ago regarding the GoFundMe campaign. Good job on that. Finally, thoughts from Bruce Perky. Well, I'm going to quote the Pixies because I think it's it's actually relevant to this episode. And they just want to say, um, "Got me a movie. I want you to know." <laughs> Slicing up eyeballs, I want you to know. Debaser. 
very cool. You, you just heard a cu- quick cut of Eric Holmes is singing. It's nice. It's where we make millions of dollars and we don't want to give any pennies away. We will see you next week here on Find Your Film. Thank you, guys. <laughs>